Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the show today. As you can see, it looks a little bit different. This is my first show using Restream.io, which I am loving, 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 and it's giving me an opportunity to do something very unusual today, and the reason I wanted to use it was because I have two guests on my show today for my Christmas week show to end 2020 for Christmas, I wanted a show that's going to make you think, that's going to make us realize that love is what matters all in the world. And also to talk about being your authentic self and what that really means and, and how to express yourself, whatever that means, no matter what other people say. And I am honored to have my two guests on the show today, Tina Frank and Bonnie Violet, the hosts of Splintered Grace Podcast, somebody that I met through my dear, amazing friend who I think I've known for close to three decades, Howard Cohen. Uh, a geek friend of mine who said, you must meet Tina, who then introduced me to Bonnie Violet. And the rest, shall we say, I hope is history as today. So I'm going to bring my guests on today. Bonnie Violet. Good morning. Hi, everyone. I am so excited to have you both on the show today because really for me, what this is about is conversing. It's about the three of us talking about just what it means to be yourself. Yeah. I mean, I think at the root of it. Now, your podcast, Splintered Grace, um, is really, a, to me, a groundbreaking con, um, podcast. So, Tina, you define yourself as beyond being a woman and a person in the world. Um, you define yourself as a Christian. Correct. correct? Okay. Right. And Bonnie Violet, you are just... You, right. you know, you started out in the world as Dwayne, mm -hmm. and now you have transitioned to be the spectacular you that was always inside, mm -hmm. and your family as yeah. well. Yes. And you hadn't talked, Tina, you had told me for like 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love it if, if you would guys would start sharing, one of you start sharing the story about, well, Bonnie Violet, why don't you start? Because you cut off communication with your family when you realized who you truly were and wanted to express it. Yeah. Um, thanks for having, having us on the show this morning. Um, yeah. Um, Bonnie Violet here. I am, I identify as being transgender queer and a drag queen. So this is my drag look. Um, this isn't necessarily how I look every day, though I would love to. Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, um, Tina, Tina and I grew up in a really small town in Idaho. Mm -hmm. um, we're just about a decade difference in age. So she was still kind of young when I was young. Um, compared to, you know, what I think some aunts and uncles are, um, in my understanding. And so she really got me going into church and she was kind of like my hero. Um, she got me to church. I was really into Jesus in the same way she was, you know, I was saved and did all that as a teenager, um, and then moved out to Phoenix, Arizona. And I actually lived with my aunt, um, when I was, I was infected with HIV at the age of 19 mm -hmm. and that caused me to, um, have to address some things with myself. I hadn't realized that I had just kind of come to my own understanding that at that time I identified as being gay. 
Um, but I didn't quite know how that fit in my relationship with God, my relationship with other Christians and just, and with my family. And, but when I got that HIV diagnosis, it kind of forced me to address some things. And in doing that, I realized that church probably couldn't hold me um, and hold all of me. Um, and church has had always been that for me. Church was kind of like a, a refuge. Um, I didn't always feel great at school, at home. I, I didn't always feel, um, I don't know, it just was a refuge for me to, to get to go to church and, and to find my way there. And so it was definitely a challenging thing at the age of 20 to, to have to leave church and then kind of like, I just kind of felt like I was on my own. And part of that was, I felt was losing, losing Tina. Yeah, that was that was tough because I didn't understand what was happening, <laughs> and I didn't give you very good counsel because I wasn't sure what to do. I was so busy trying to protect you from our perception of what reality was, instead of just embracing who you were. So it's been a journey that we've been on. Yeah, it it's interesting to me the choices that you had to make and. On a level, I understand why you felt that you needed to make those choices. I, I was raised Roman Catholic, right? But every priest I ever knew said that one of the tenets of being Catholic, about being Christian, was this acceptance of all, hmm. of, of whoever they are, because Jesus loved all. He said it didn't matter who you were or what was going on in your life. Jesus was always there for you. And I know when my, my brother died, I got really, really mad at God, right? Mm -hmm. And I left the church for a while. I still had my relationship with God, but I was just, okay, I'm not on, you know, national broadcast radio anymore. I was pissed off plus some other words that <laughs> take this from me, right? This safe place that I always felt. Yeah. So, Bonnie Violet, for you, I, I can only imagine, I know I can't even imagine this moment, I grew up, I had people I grew up with pass away from HIV at the very early stages when nobody even knew what HIV was, right? Mm -hmm. That's got to be one of the hardest things ever. And then for you and Tina to reconnect, I mean, what did it take for the two of you to now look at each other as family again? Mm. I mean, are you looking at each other as family again? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think um, the first thing we had to do was make some choices. Would you agree? Oh, definitely. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We had, we had to choose to set some of our own ideas and, and traditions and things that we had maybe even been taught aside and to be open um, to pursue one another at, mm -hmm. at the risk of being rejected. And I yep. think we had to decide that um, our the relationship that we desired, the love that we had for one another, um, needed to take precedent over anything that we may come up against. I think that's for me, at least. Yeah. Anything you want to add? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was a big part was, you know, like once it kind of got to that space, I think it took a while for me to even be open to the possibility that you, and and this wasn't, this is the way that I experienced for you to love and accept me as a godly spiritual person again. Um, it took me a while to realize that I could exist as who I am and be spiritual and be strong enough in my own identity and my own spirituality 
finding because I didn't has I didn't have a good relationship with my spirituality for a really long time until I got sober. But even after that, it took me a while to to really come to a place that I could maybe trust you yeah. enough to think that maybe you could still love me and that maybe that you had changed and that your understanding was different than what my perception of the world was at 20. I mean, it's just, the world is so much more bigger and so yeah. much more like, there's more of a spectrum than I ever could imagine that I just didn't see at that age. Everything was so black and white. I'd like to explore that a little bit, if I may. This show is all about shifting perspectives, using questions to shift perspectives. And Bonnie, Violet, and, and Tina as well, you both talked about these shifts, these changes that you had to go through in order to see yourselves and see each other as more than just, say, how you defined yourself or how the world defined you. How does that factor into your conversations with others outside of yourselves? Because to me, so many of us, we, we, cat we categorized, right? Yeah. I was a caregiver, um, a sister. Um, I've never been a mother, but I felt like a mother to my mom the last six years of her life mm -hmm. as she lived with me and we were going through a lot of different things. And some people try to categorize me as, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian, I'm a Catholic, right? And then we just finished these really crazy elections where it's you're a Democrat, you're a Republican, you're left <laughs> yeah. and right. And I just kind of laugh at all that because to me that doesn't matter. I just want to connect yeah. with an individual and look at the issue, not the label. So how did, how did you guys begin to let go of the labels and – be comfortable. Go ahead, Bonnie. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing was is that, you know, I think we had to come to understand that our labels, I know for me, I had to realize that a lot of the labels I carried for a long time, I never fully landed in. Like I was mm -hmm. more than just what that label said I was. And so um, I think just knowing that I was more than that allowed me to think that maybe other people were too. Mm -hmm. uh, that we were more than just what we called our, what um, how we might identify. Um, and so, but we also knew that that was part of, we talk a lot about kind of identities and those sorts of yeah. things because we realized that a lot of the world um, is set up in a way in which you have labels and you have identities and that's how you kind of get around in the world. I believe kind of in ideal, in my ideal spiritual understanding, all of those identities just go away and we just yeah. are. Um, and I feel like that's what we have to be willing to attempt to do with one another is to be willing to just kind of let all those things go, go down and then just be able to know that we love each other and then begin to be in conversation with each other. And, um, and to, you know, like, and that's pretty much what we do. I don't necessarily think that we do anything super groundbreaking, except for that we like, <laughs> we just, we just commit to show up every, yeah, like we, we met every every week for a while and we just talked and we yeah. shared what was going on with our lives and we tried not to hold back um, anything that we were experiencing so that the other could have an opportunity to try to hold that um, yeah. for us. And I mean, I feel like, you know, that's, that's a lot of what we did was just kind of showing up. I know that I've had a fear that at some point in time, there's going to be something that's going to be said that's going to like blow up and that's going to end us. Um, but, uh, I, but I, but I don't, 
I feel like that's a fear, but I don't think that that's reality. It is a possibility. Yeah. It is a yeah. possibility, but I don't think it's something that we we will allow ourselves to experience. I really yeah. hope. And that's where it comes back to, you know, we're making we're making a choice here. And mm-hmm. and I think the the labels or titles or whatever you want to call them, I think that's really a true uh, detriment that we carry and allow on ourselves and on the people around us. Yeah. If if we can't see each other in love, um, then we're stuck. And sometimes uh, coming above those labels for ourselves or for one another, it it's comes with an accountability. Uh, and that people don't like accountability. It's much easier to settle in this labeled space than to move forward and, and break free of all of it. Mm-hmm. And we just decided we were going to do that. You know, it's funny because we were talking on one of our episodes about our titles that we had chosen to represent us on Splintered Grace, mm-hmm. you know, and the titles that we have carry lots of different ideas and perceptions based on who's here in the actual title. And so when we title ourselves or label ourselves, it creates a, a potential um I want to say border or barrier, even a, a, a negative uh, boundary where people can't see past. So we, we really, we just want to be Tina and Bonnie. And we just want to love each other. And we just want to do life together. And we want to accomplish everything that God has put in our hearts to accomplish. And mm-hmm. if anything that we can do can be encouraging or empowering to someone around us or give them an example of how to love the people around them, then we are so excited about that. Um, but we're committed, and I'm sure we're going to have our moments, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, but we're committed that even if we can't agree on some things, that we're still going to love each other um, no matter what. Yeah. What you both said is so beautiful, yet I know that my listeners out there are struggling with it because it's very hard to, well, it is perceived as being very hard to let go the labels, Hmm. the labels that you've taken on, that society has put on you, that you've accepted as the norm for your life, whether it's a year of your life or it's 57 years of your life. I'm 57 now. And, but yet there can be a moment in time where all of a sudden that identity is completely shaken, Bonnie Violet, like it was for you. Mm -hmm. And that impacted Tina tremendously when you had that moment, Bonnie Violet, that was like, okay, I thought I was this but I wasn't fully comfortable in it, but now I know who I am. And Tina, it must have shaken to the core some of your beliefs as well as, as a Christian, the whole idea of how can, how can this be? You're born into the life that you're born into because God has decided, you know, whatever yeah. it will be. The fact that you commit to show up for each other now, no matter what others may be saying, is not something easy for a lot of people to do. Right. So, I think, go ahead. I think the key for us is that we're both grounded in in our spirituality and our understanding yeah. of 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 God or, or what have you. And I think when we're rooted in that, then we can kind of meet at that level. And I think I know yeah. it took for me for my understanding of my spirituality and beliefs to change. And, and even for, for Tina as well, you know, we had to, we had to see things 
from a different light and a different point of view that actually just yeah. expanded my understanding of God and expanded my understanding of Jesus and the word. I don't necessarily identify as a Christian, but it's a big part of my, what I would say my culture, because I grew up in it. So right. I, I have a lot of love for it. I have a lot of appreciation and I've, I've come to see that I actually can exist as who I am fully in that space and still be loved and be fully a child of God within the Christian realm. Um, if I, but I, I haven't necessarily said that's who I am. Um, <laughs> but I know that I know that I could fit there if I chose to. You know, like I know that I wouldn't have to leave a bunch of things at the door in order for me to um, exist and be a Christian. Um, it's just not quite where I've gone. But I think that that um, I know for me, if I didn't think that Tina saw me as a beautiful child of God, created by God, created in the image of God, within her own understanding and beliefs that um, I would not be I would not be at the table with her because that's a big part of it. I didn't want her to be like, okay, I'll love you anyway. I'll pray for you to change. You In know, spite but, of the fact. Kind exactly. Of and I, and that was yeah. a little bit of the um, relationship. In the, in the f first few years, maybe there was a time when that was yeah. the reality, right, Tina? Uh, yeah. And, and just to, to say that, I just want you don't know, I pray for you every day that you change into the amazing uh, person that God created you to be. Um, right. So I still pray for you to change. So I don't. <laughs> yeah, but you don't pray for me not to be who I am. That's right. That's or right. for so, somebody else to come and make me something different. Exactly. You're you're right. So I, I just I just want to I just want to clarify. But you know, we had a lot of growing up to do, both of us. Mm -hmm. You know, when when all this happened, uh, we were both um, in a very vulnerable stage. We were both still trying to figure out who we were, although I was 10 years your senior. Um, I think more than that, but thank you for saying 10 years. Um, <laughs> so, you know, and I was still trying to figure out, you know, I had gone through a divorce. I'd had another horrible breakup. I was by myself with my four kids trying to define who I was, trying to survive, uh, you know, and I was in sur survival mode under a covering of a label of, of Christianity, and so we were both grasping at whatever we knew. And what we did was we took on the um, legalism, I think, for is a good word to say it, of uh, what we, we understood to be um, God, and it was only a small piece. It wasn't the fulfillment of God. It was just the baseline. And so I also had to learn what love looked like. Because at the end of the day, when we look at love, it really has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with how we reach out to the people around us. Because me being a Christian, being sold out to Jesus, I believe that my life was bought with a price. And it's no longer my own. My life is to serve those people around me no matter what they look like, no matter how they act, no matter who they choose to be. It's just my role is to love them and to live the best life I can to exemplify the fullness of God's glory. And so that's what I desire to do. And, and I'm grateful that um, although I've had to come a long way to get to this point, that there's still an opportunity. And I believe it's because of God that Bonnie and I have been able to reconnect, that we have been able to uh, agree on love and be able to decide that no matter what, because I'm, I'm not perfect by any stretch of the mile. And I'm sure that there's a lot of allowances that I get uh, from Bonnie to be who I am because he doesn't want to stifle who I am either. 
He wants me to fully be able to envelop um, the fullness of who I believe God's called me to be. And so in that, we have the same desire for one another, and we've made a commitment to not dictate what one another looks like. Right. Because when we have a picture of what we think someone should look like, I think that's when we fall out of love and fall into judgment. And therefore, we don't have the ability to pray that God would have their way in their life. And I don't want his, my way in, his, in your life. I, I don't want it. Because <laughs> I'll just mess it up. <laughs> I have a hard enough time having my way in my own. So, <laughs> Yeah, amen to that, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I listened to the both of you, what you just said, and I sit here, I think about the questions I get from my clients, from my listeners about their own lives. And so many are just struggling to know who they are, right? Mm -hmm. And then to accept who they are if it's against what their family wants them to be mm -hmm. or their job wants them to be or, or who their place that they feel like they are in the world. And I know I've struggled with it myself, not to the levels that you guys have, but, you know, I've struggled with it myself when, when I sold my company, I, I was so defined by that mm. and that role when my mom passed away three years ago and all of a sudden I felt lost the day that God came back into my life, like literally knocking me to the ground saying, you're my child, you know? And, and I sit here and I listen and I wonder what, I wonder how we can let go what religion has done hmm. to love what religion has done to faith. And I know this is probably controversial for a lot of my listeners out there right now. My first season, this is my fifth season doing this show. My first season on the show on broadcast, I had um, a reverend, a rabbi, and a swami on the show, hmm. all in the studio together. And this is before we did video. It was just literally broadcast radio. They all came to the studio. And people were like, why are you having these three people on? They're completely different faiths. They're completely different religions. And by the end of the hour, everybody realized, no, it's not. It's all about God and your personal relationship with God and that we needed to let go this idea that them and us and even he or she or they or whatever it may be, which, by the way, Bonnie Violent, I don't understand all the pronouns still, so perhaps <laughs> you could explain that because I, I, I see you as she, but right. I know there's some people that are they, and, and I don't, I just mentally, I guess, because grammatically I can't get there. But um, for, the, for the two of you, what I hear is that somewhere along the way, you both have said society and the stricture, the structure and the strictures that have been placed on both of you. And by society, I mean more than just culture, right? Mm -hmm. It's all of those pieces that you've said, being me and being me in relationship with this person is more important than the stuff. 
Would that be accurate? And how do you respond to this rambling thought I just had? (laughs) (laughs) Buddy Violet, do you want to start? Um, Sure. Um, Trying to think what comes to mind with that. I, I, I do think, and this might not be quite exactly what you're going for, but when you were talking about this idea of kind of like religion's impact on love um, and this idea that love is kind of, I think what we learn what love is, whether it's we learn it from our families, we learn it from relationships, we learn it from church, whatever, you know, I think my understanding and a lot of the world tells me all these kind of like um, not healthy ways of what is love that's not really love it's like conditional it's um it's often obsessive or um submissive to a point of harm or you know like there's there's all and love doesn't really work that way i think love love and i think for me it's really about i think love because it is so complicated grace is simpler to me the idea Mm -hmm. of grace to me is what it is The, the fact that you have value and you are just because you are, and you have the same value and the same worth as anyone and everyone else. And I believe that in my heart wholeheartedly. However, I have a hard time living my life as if I really believe that because most of the time I just feel like I'm not enough or that I have to do more in order to be like at the same level and worth and value of everyone else. And sometimes I feel like I even have to do even more to make up for for like the past or whatever. And and that's why I love grace. And I feel like that's why we went with splintered grace as well as this idea that we have to allow one another, I think maybe more than just love, but actually grace um, in order to be in relationship with, with one another um, and and maybe to experience love. But I think grace is, is, is really what, where it lands for me. I love that. Wow. I mean, I just feel that from you, that whole idea of grace versus love and, and how they interlink and that grace is so much bigger. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of healing that has to happen because, you know, there are like a few years ago, there are certain ways that um, things might be said or not said to me or words that were used that I would have been like, no, you can't use that word. That's offensive. That's like whatever. And now I can be in a relationship in which somebody can say something that's not quite the way I would say it. And I would rather them not, but I don't have to take offense to it. And I don't yeah. have to, I don't have to shame them about it. I think where you live in this culture right now, where you just shame people into some sort of behavior change, which I don't think is really behavior change. I think it's all performative. Um, when we can actually just be create a space in which we can be wrong and we can say things that are foolish and not skillful to one another, um, then that's when we can really grow and that's when we can really change and and I think begin to be better with with people. Yeah, I I agree. And and I think that that portion about offense, I think our culture and and even us sometimes are too easily offended. And if we can look past that to grace, um, then I think, yeah, I think that gives us a room to grow in love and understanding and give the ability to, um, it, it's a sacrifice at that point, because we're choosing not to be offended. We're sacrificing that offense mm-hmm. for the purpose of someone else to receive grace from us. And it just elevates both of us uh, to a new place so that we can build on a new foundation. 
we every every step we take is is a, a cornerstone or a block and a foundation that builds our relationship. Mm-hmm. And so if we can just not be offended by these little things, and and I think that's one of the things that we've agreed to not be offended by one another, you know, by how we conduct ourselves, the things that we do, um, the things that we say sometimes, um, that we just have chosen not to be offended. We'll talk through it, mm-hmm. but we'll choose not to be offended. And I think offense, I think, is definitely a trigger into, a, or a, not even a trigger, just a, a pathway, maybe it's a better way to say it, to a space of grace um, and into love. Yeah. I, yeah. Go ahead, Bonnie Violet. No, I was going to say, I also feel like heal, for me, healing had to happen before mm-hmm. I could give grace. Like grace yeah. had to be given to me, healing by God yeah. and my yeah. understanding our yeah. spirituality, which yeah. could allow yeah. me to, to experience it and then to heal and then to be in a space in which I, I can't really be harmed in the same way right. by the world that I once was. Um, and once I have that healing, then I can and go and, you know, be, have grace, um, in the world, um, better or more, you know, like, I just feel like healing is a really big part. And I feel like I don't, I'm not blaming anyone who does take offense or does get upset or does, I know that that's coming from a place of pain and a place of hurt. Um, and you know, hurt people, hurt people, but healed people, heal people. And that's what I feel really called is to be a healing person. I'm not completely healed, but I'm a healing person who can then transmit. You can only trans. You can't transmit something you haven't got. You have. so That's right. If you've been healed. You can heal. If you experience grace, you can give grace. If you experience love, you can give love. Um, right. At least that's the way that I, I that I feel. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, I I agree a thousand percent as, <laughs> as well. And I, I took some notes on a couple of things because I had never thought of some of the perspectives that you both had talked about um, where you, where you talked about look past offense to grace and can say anything not skillful Mm -hmm. to each other. And, you know, when, when we first met and we were just talking separately and then I was like, I need to have you both on my show. I remember Bonnie Violet, I said to you, I was so afraid of offending by not knowing how how to speak to you, how to refer to you, that I didn't want to offend by not knowing. Mm. And I kind of feel like that's a big problem in our world, right? Where we're only allowed through media exposure on a certain level, on a certain perspective as to what they want. And Bonnie, I don't know about you, but, and Tina, I don't know about you as well in this one. I don't meet a lot of transgender people in my daily life. I know in my community that I live, which is a very small town, Sebastian, Florida, I know there was one um, restaurant server that when my mom was alive um, was transitioning and undergoing the actual hormone therapies to begin switching. And I wasn't sure how my mom was going to respond coming from being born in 1929 to this. And I just, I was like, I was going to let whatever was going to happen, happen, praying that with 
some of my mom's dementia that it may not offend right at the same time. And I'll never forget this one moment when my mom looked at him, her, she, cause I, I didn't know at that point what to, what to say. And my mother just goes, Oh my God, I love your makeup. Where did you get those earrings? And what color is your nail polish? <laughs> That's awesome. And my mother in that moment just saw the person in front of us and and I did too but I was so worried about my mom and what she may say through innocence yeah, yeah. we have or, too many we have too many relationships in our heads yeah and actually not being in relationship with people and body it all happens in our head you know like yeah. I was really nervous to come on this show today I was afraid that you might say something that would hurt my feelings, to be honest, you know, because I I don't know you in the same way that I know Tina. And right. so I just want to, you put your, I think you put your vulnerability out there as well. And I just wanted to say as well as, yeah, like I didn't just show up here all like, I'm just going to give lots of grace today. No, there was a part of me that was just like, you know, like I, uh, I just prayed before this that, you know, that yeah. I just show up and be in a way that I need to, I need to be. And sometimes people might say something and I do need to say something. And other times I don't. And so for me, I just really try to keep myself in a good space so that when something does happen to me, that intuitively I will just know how I need to respond in this particular right. moment. So I just and, wanted to match my vulnerability with yours. Yeah. You. And, and I think when we respond, even if, if we need to feel a need to respond, if we respond in love, then I think it's received well. So that offense could be avoided either way. Uh, back to what you guys were saying is the Bible says that we should all be like little children. We should, we should be back to like little children to receive God's grace. And it's like, this is what we're talking about. Your, your mom, you know, she had no, no um, preconceived ideas. She was just open, just being open. Little kids, don't you know, little kids, they're, they're the ones who say crazy things to you when you're like, oh, like, oh man, your breath stinks. They have no filter. You know, they know they don't know it's not okay to say that to people. Or, man, how old are you? You know, we've all experienced little children in their in their just rawness. You know what I mean? And I think that's the mentality that God wants us to approach people, you know, with openness, um, no preconceived ideas. Every encounter that we have with someone else is an opportunity for us to connect positively or negatively. Mm -hmm. So the way I present myself to someone is going to have a positive or negative. The way I respond to how they present themselves is a positive or a negative. And the power that we really hold is when some comes at us in a negative and we can still respond positive. And I think that's what, what you were yeah, I mean, you were ready to do today. Yes, right? No yeah. matter what happened today, you were going to respond positive. Right. You already decided that in your mind. You already decided you weren't going to be offended. Right. And that we were going to have a conversation for however amount of time we committed to. So, see, that's a, that's a, that's brave. That's, that's, in my opinion, that's a power move. And we all have that power inside us and we just need to exercise it. I, I just I just really feel that's a, a, a key. And the way we find strength in that is to set ourselves aside and allow God's love to flow through us to one another and not be offended. Right. And, you know, Bonnie Violet, thank you for sharing that about that. And before the show today and actually all weekend since we set this up, I just, I prayed and went, please just, allow me to ask the questions that will show the world 
the grace and beauty mm-hmm. of both of you and and share the the light that I saw in both of you when when we met and um and somebody just posted on on the stream um I love this conversation and in quotes I don't know how to speak to you because I don't want to offend you I think so many people feel that is what somebody said and it's it's so much what I felt but I knew that I needed to try with this show with this Christmas week show to to have this conversation because it's a conversation I've I've wanted to have with somebody but I myself number one was afraid that my listeners might just not appreciate the vulnerability mm-hmm. of all of us to be on the show today mm-hmm. and the fact that to me I want to just love everybody even when I don't necessarily like them <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? So um, thank you, Bonnie Violet, for sharing that because I would never want to hurt anyone in any way, intentionally or unintentionally. Oh my God, it just sits with me forever when I found out that I might, if I realized afterwards, I might have said something. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, so I do need to ask this one question because I know that it's out there because I have it. Can I, and I, I mentioned it earlier, but Bonnie Violet, can you share the whole pronoun thing? Because I frankly don't understand it. And I, I'm so deathly afraid of offending mm-hmm. somebody who's queer, transgender, gay, otherwise by not using the right pronoun right. or the right name. And yeah. how to necessarily ask that. Yeah. Well, I think it's, yeah, I mean... It's, you know, it's, we have not been trained to, we, like, we automatically see certain people. Um, we, we decide if they're he, we decide if they're she, we decide if we say sir, we decide if we say ma'am. We like, you know, those were just stuff that were trained in, in us, like, automatically. And I think the biggest thing is just to not make assumptions, to ask people what they would like to be at, like, and sometimes you can even lead with your own. Hi, I'm Laura. I use she or her pronouns. What's your name? You know, like, and then that way you're not putting the trans person um, having to like, you know, out themselves necessarily. You know, I mean, I don't even necessarily, I don't know. I think calling people by their name uh, when you don't know their gender pronouns, um, you know, I think people use they, them as an I, as a possibility of helping people understand that there's more there's more than one way to exist or more mm-hmm. than two ways, more than two ways to exist. And, and don't get me wrong. Um, men, there are a lot of men who live in a lot of different ways, but there's still kind of this idea of what makes a man, a man and what makes a woman, a woman. Oh, yeah. And so I think um, it's people's ability to be able to tell the world that I'm not that type of man, or I'm not that type of woman. And we all have different ways of doing that. Um, so, I mean, I'm trying to explain it in a way that kind of like makes sense, but I don't think it's really any different than calling somebody by their name. Even, you know, like, even like there are plenty of people that you don't call them by the name that's on their birth certificate 
because they, they always go by Al, but their name is Alvino or, you know, like that's my dad's situation, but you know what I mean? Like, like, and nobody questions that nobody says, Oh no, we can't, we got to call you Alvino. Cause that's what your mom put on your birth certificate. You, you just call him Al because that's what he wants to be called Al, you know? And um, so I think, I think it's really not any further than that. It's just about having, like, you don't need to understand. And I think we talked about this once before you don't necessarily need to understand me in order to address me as I would like, you know, like it's just respect. It's just, um, and, and it's, it's also something that I think we need to allow ourselves a lot of grace is that we have been programmed and the program might not be the best way, but we have had habits and practices that have become so ingrained with us that it takes a while to, to undo that. You know, there's still sometimes when I, I'll call myself Dwayne or I'll say like he, and I'll be like, wait, that's not, <laughs> that's not right. You know, and I'll say it, I'll be like, oh, that doesn't feel right. Or that doesn't land right. Or, um, you know, like, so it's, it's just a, pro it's being in a process of like, it's just a process for all of us. And it's not something to be afraid of. And as long as you're, mm -hmm. um, if you put your heart out there first, most people are going to be pretty cool with it. It's when you're being you know, not so great <laughs> of a person yeah, yeah. that people are going to be, um, you know, not not super responsive to it. So, I mean, I would encourage you, there's a lot of really great videos on YouTube. There's mm -hmm. a lot of really great information so that you can learn, um, learn this on your own. So also you don't put that on the individual. You know, a lot of us just, we just, I just want to exist. Some days I want to yeah. just walk down the road and wear what I want to wear just because I want to wear it. And I don't want to have to explain myself and I don't want to have to defend myself right. and I don't want to have to, you know, and, and you all know, I mean, everybody knows that, like everybody experiences that. I think women in particular have dealt with that a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I just want to look good today because I want to look good today. I don't need no attention. I don't need like whatever, but then I'll choose not to dress one way because of how the world is going to treat me that day because I don't want to deal with it. You right. know what I mean? It's like, okay, I'll just put on something sloppy and I'll like <laughs> go to the store <laughs> because I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> somehow, Bonnie Violet, having seen you with your your drag and not, I can't picture you ever looking sloppy. <laughs> well, I have my own style, that's for sure. <laughs> it's so gorgeous and so beautiful. And, and um, my mom would have ripped your earrings right off of your ears. She had an earring thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally. You know, she has amazing earrings. I'm not sure that I've seen the same earrings twice. Um, and every time I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't. I, I, and I can't wear those big earrings like that. They just mm -hmm. don't look right on me. Well, and the reason why I wear these, I wear um, these big, I like to wear hoop earrings because, so Bonnie Violet is actually name, a name I've chosen. It's my grandma, Bonnie, and my grandma, Violet. So it's my dad's mom and my mom's mom. And I've, they're now my name. Um, and my grandmother, she was one of my favorite people, but she died when I was young. But mm -hmm. there was a story about her, have like about these hoops. And she would refer to these hoops as, hoops for people who maybe have a lot of sexual partners. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so, and so, um, so I kind of wear it in a way of just kind of claiming it and also just owning my, owning my connection with my grandma. Um, a lot mm -hmm. of my, um, the way that I put things on is very intentional and it's often reminders of my divinity, reminders of my spirituality and reminders of the people that I love or the people that have come before me or the people that are in my life. So um, to me, it's just putting all of my sentimental, like 
crap <laughs> on the outside instead of just keeping it in my head to myself i put it on me to 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 not only show it to the world but also to remind myself yeah. um because i can forget um if it's just living inside my head i, I think that's a key to so many things you know living inside your head, living inside your heart, your soul. They're, mm -hmm. they're two different things. I know for myself, um, I used to, when I'd do a keynote speech, when I'd go to a client, I'm, I'm a geek, okay? I owned a tech company for years and I didn't look like the usual geek, you know, the pocket protector, the broken glasses, the, the whole thing. I was a woman. And back when I started my company, I was a heck of a lot thinner, <laughs> you know? So I, I wore short skirts and heels and, and all that stuff. And it was the way you were perceived by the outward appearance that you put out there to the world. And my parents have both always said to me, Laura, you need to mesh your outside appearance with your internal being mm -hmm. and find the way to express who you are in, in a way that aligns with who you are. Right. And I, I embraced that when I started my own company, the tech company. I was just like, you know, hey, guys, this is who I am. I, I don't approach tech the way everybody else approaches tech. And, and now with my book and all the other stuff that I'm doing, even with this show, I, the first time I was on video, after broadcast radio, the station switched from talk radio to oldies music. Oh. I was like, well, how do I do this now? And I said, oh, let me add video. I was petrified. Mm -hmm. I was so petrified because I didn't really like the way I looked with all the weight I had uh -huh. And... Um, just if somebody saw me when the sound-induced vertigo hit, it was easier to hide it on audio only because mm -hmm. you couldn't see what happens to me. Yeah. I feel like it's the same conversation yet not, only because my persona is more accepted by more of the world than the conversation the two of you are having, yet... Mm -hmm. Um, Bonnie Violet, when you talked about the name, right? How you picked your name, Bonnie, Bonnie Violet. Everybody called my mom Nancy when I was growing up. Aunt Nancy and Nancy this and Nancy that. My mother's name is Barbara. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I remember my cousin Ricky, when he found out that my mother's real name was Barbara and not Nancy, he freaked out. We were really young and he freaked out. And I said, I didn't know this either. And I'm like, how did, because it was mom, right? I'm like, right. why are you Nancy, Barbara? And she said, well, growing up in the Bronx, one of the neighbors said there were too many Barbaras in the neighborhood and declared you are Nancy. And it's <laughs> you know, and I mean, I was so much older <laughs> when I found this out, but at the same time, it was always kind of there in my head. Right. So I feel like, Internally, we all are these different people. Mm -hmm. It's what we choose to show to the world in any one moment in time. Maybe it's the business leader. Maybe it's the mom or the dad. Maybe it's um, the priest or the pastor. Um, somebody just po posted, it's about congruency for all of us, aligning and accepting who we are and how we look throughout our lives. Mm -hmm. um, it's... Yeah. Not 
easy, but it should be so simple for Tina, for you to be you and for Bonnie Violet to be you. I mean, it's, I hate that the world has put this label on and mm -hmm. I don't, doing the show was the only way I knew how to break labels. Mm. Yeah. yeah, And, you know, as much as we want to break free from that, it's one label at a time, you know, just because we have chosen not to live under those labels or to ensue labels on others. Um, we're still going to have to be labeled by people probably um, and, and have to probably even come to a place where we have to overcome those labels or even defend. Mm -hmm. So it's just part of the culture that we live in. And, and that's why um, we choose grace and that's why we choose grace. That we're just not going to take offense to any of that stuff. And it's amazing to me how easy a label comes. And not just in these extremes where what, that Bonnie and I, Violet and I represent. You know, we, we, we labels on, on all different kinds of things. You know, old, young, uh, immature, uh, lazy, um, all these labels that we just put on ourselves, on the people around us. And, and if we could just, just one stop. Remind, what, where does the label come from anyway? Have you ever thought about that? Where do these labels come from anyway? Right. You know, if I was to say, the you devil. know. Just joking. No, maybe. <laughs> I mean, partially, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, thinking people. Yeah. But, but think about it. Because I'm guilty. When I see people go by, I have a label pop in my head. We're all guilty. We, we, we get that. It's when we, how we act on that. But that, that label is a, is a, is a, detriment usually before an opportunity and pride so for when i look at someone and i say oh man what are they wearing that shirt for okay what am i saying one what business is it of me mine that they wear whatever they're wearing two do i think my shirt's better than theirs is that why i have a negative opinion about their shirt and three are they a lesser person than me because they chose that shirt to wear that day because i think it's ugly so we have to, I know that seems trivial in the big scheme of things, it's huge, but, actually. But, but, it's, but it's those details. It's those little details that we allow that happen in our mind that grows into these bigger, bigger things that we're dealing with in our culture yeah. and society today. And, and so these are areas that I, sorry, I keep interrupting you. No, you're fine. Let me just finish my thought and I'll be still, I promise. Um, <laughs> but I think if we can manage our own mind to that level, at least commit to manage our own self to that level, I think we can see change. So go ahead, Bonnie Violet, I'm sorry. No, I was just gonna say that, yeah, that's more of a, that's more of a, like, that's more of a reflection of us and not of mm -hmm. other people. And I think, I think I know for me, the thing that's changed is for most of my life, I've sought sameness. I've looked mm -hmm. for sameness and I've connected with people with where we are alike and it's really important for me to realize that we are different, that no one person is the same. Even if we hold a lot of the same identities, we are not the same. And it's in that difference that I think is where the beauty is. I um, and I think that's where it's, you know, it's, I don't know, I think we're just naturally, we connect where we're alike instead of um, being in relationship with each other where we're different. Um, and I feel like that's what I'm trying to do. And that's what Tina's been, that's been a big part of our mission is to, to our mission, but a big part <laughs> of our, our like desire to be, um, 
fuller humans on this earth is to to be in environments that are different from what we're yeah. used to so that we yeah. can hopefully be so that we can be changed by that that's, that's um, what change is the key in that we can't change if we stay in our comfort zone you know it's, it's kind of like like you laura i love the title of your show one of the things that i say when i'm teaching or, or training or doing anything is that if you want to learn something you need to ask questions because we can never learn or grow or reshape who we are or whatever mission that we're working on without asking questions. Questions of ourselves, questions of the people around us, questions even of the material that's provided for whatever situation we're in. If we don't ask questions, we're never going to move forward. And so, so yeah, so I, I was just like, oh my goodness, the three of us, is, I don't think this is by chance that we're having this conversation today. Bonnie mm -hmm. Violet, thank you. Wanted to say something, thought I saw that. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I, you know, I think it's really interesting that our society decides certain things they want to make a thing. For whatever reason, sexuality, gender, you know, they kind of be these bigger things uh, that, I don't know, like these blemishes, if you will. Um, whereas there are a lot of things actually that are thought as blemishes, blemishes, if you will, things that people struggle with existing having that part, have that be a part of them. And for whatever reason, I think sexuality and gender has that sort of thing. But I think also, you know, I, I don't like equating like somebody's like my gender identity to like um, a malady or something that is a product of something that's not normal or something that's like, I don't know, like it's just, it's just a difference. But for whatever reason, we say if people are a certain size, that that's not okay. If, mm -hmm. if they are a certain color, that's not okay. If they're a certain height, they're a certain age, they're certain, like all these sorts of things just start to chop away from people's yeah. ability to be um, who they are. Um, but I think for whatever reason, we get hung up on sex and sexuality a little bit more, maybe not more. Um, that's just my experience. So that's what feels like more to me. But I'm sure there's plenty of people. I, I think that's part of the human experience in a lot of ways. And, and I think it depends on the culture and the society. Because in the U.S., it's perceived one way. In Europe, it's perceived another way. In some other cultures, yeah. it's like, why are you even having this conversation? You right. know, like, it's just it's not even a conversation worth having well, because it's yeah. not an issue for them, you know? Yeah. Um, to and me, when I, I look at a trans, uh, somebody I know that has declared that they're gay or lesbian or queer or whatever, the, the few that I know, I was always like, yeah, you for finally, you know, declaring and accepting who you are, you know, because to me that is the most beautiful moment in the world is for you, for somebody, anybody, no matter what the situation is to say, this is who I am. Yeah. Whether it's gay, it's straight, doesn't matter, you know, yeah. just accept who you are. Go ahead. Yeah. It's unfortunate that it's a brave thing to, you know, like that should just be something that can happen. You know, like it doesn't, I don't know. I just don't feel like it needs to be an adversity that you overcome. Right. It's just who you are. Um, and, but, but that is the experience for a lot of, a lot of people that you have to come in. And I, I mean, to me, I mean, I find it a, I love who I am. And I love that I've been on the journey that I've been on because I couldn't imagine being anyone else. And um, uh, to be honest, yeah, I mean, I just I just couldn't imagine living or being or having had the life any different than I have today. Mm -hmm. And I, I just love every minute of it. And I don't, 
yeah, I think it might be brave and yeah, it might be challenging, but I cannot not be me mm. regardless of what it, whatever, whatever it is, you know, like I often want to judge why I am the way I am and it doesn't matter. I am the yeah. way I am because I am and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you think some of that adversity though, uh, for all of us helps us to develop things within ourselves to move us forward? You know, I, I feel like that makes us stronger, um, gives us character. So a life without adversity, for me, would be have no meaning, really, or have yeah. no opportunity for me to be developed and to create or to be unique. Yeah. And, and I desire to be unique. The Bible says that we're all unique. He created us each unique for a, a unique purpose. Yeah. And, um, you know, we just got to stop stealing one another's uniqueness from them. Mm-hmm. Right, and but, uh, we need to allow us all to go through our own adversity and come alongside and be cheerleaders. Yeah. I want, I want to be your cheerleader. I want to see you succeed at the the highest capacity that you can without telling you what to do. Right, mm-hmm. and Bonnie, you wanted to say something. Yeah, I mean, I just would like to see that our adversities are not attached to our identities. I want our our adversities to be, how do we feed everyone who needs food? How do we shelter everyone who needs shelter? How do we protect, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how, those are the adversities I yeah. want to deal with. I don't want to be so stuck, up, stuck in my own struggle and my own just trying to exist to not be able to actually be part of who we all are is we're all one and actually be focusing on, on stuff that matters a little bit more. Like this is like great and I love it. And it's been a beautiful experience, but it's not that serious, but for whatever reason it is. Right. And so like, I want to be able to just forget about this so that I can go feed somebody who needs food or you know what I mean? Yeah, I think you have the freedom to do that. So do you, and I'm just devil's advocate here, just as we're talking here. Um, where do you feel like your adversity has come from? Has it been self-inflicted more or from the world around you? Because I think we may have a different idea or perspective on all that. And how about, how about you, Laura? I'm sure you've had some adversities on your own. You just talked about being a woman in the tech era. Um, you know, I can't imagine what that was like. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a fantastic question, and I'm not used to my guests always throwing crazy questions at me like that. And, and Bonnie Violet, I'm still processing what you just said because I realized I had some some uh, perspectives that you just helped me completely shift even more. So oh, thank good. you, thank you for that. For myself around adversity where I normally go, well, I really don't have a lot of adversity, right? Because I I look at what else is going on in the world. But yet with my clients, the first thing I'll say to them is your adversity is as important and big as somebody else's because you feel it, Yeah. right? It's whatever you feel, whatever's going on for you at that moment in time. Um, I feel like to say that my adversity or somebody else's adversity is not as important or more important devalues what I'm feeling. And my goal for the show is to hopefully help people let go of the way we're thinking about people, the way we're thinking about things and having conversations that maybe other people don't want to have. So, I'd say my mind creates my own adversities mm-hmm. for me of what I think others are telling me I must be or what I must do. 
like when I had the rabbi, the reverend, the swami on, I'm like, who's going to be really upset with me because I think that they're all the same God, you know? <laughs> um, like having the two of you on, having this conversation, to me it was because I'm so tired of of having nobody to ask the question of because I'm so afraid that even asking the question could offend. Yet to me, asking questions enables healing of myself, mm -hmm. enables opening to the world of something that maybe somebody else is un is so afraid to ask, but they can listen to this show and then go, oh, I got it now. Yeah. yeah. And so that for me, I don't know if that fully answers your question, Tina, or yeah. addresses what you were just talking about, but that's sort of where I came from with wanting to have this conversation today was because I know that some people never have the opportunity and all they see is what mainstream media yeah. wants to show them or all they see is like the movie Birdcage with Robin Williams. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's major different things, but it's really about the people, not about the other thing. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Does that make sense to, yeah. to yeah. you guys? Bonnie Violet, you wanted to say something? Well, just in response to the adversity, I think that it's adversity is all of that. Like, so yeah. I think it's mind, I think it's spirit. And then I think for me, the biggest challenge is body. And so, like for me, I feel like I've been able to uh, approach adversity in my mind and in my spirit and with my spirit really kind of helps me with my mind. But yeah. I think being in the body is that adversity that I can experience with other people. So I don't necessarily think like that's how I interact with you. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's sometimes, yes, I have some control in that, but also I don't have some control in that. And so right. it's like, how can I exist with you, my body and your body, rather than me being in my head or being in my spiritual realm while sitting next to you? Yeah. Yeah. See, my, my whole, my whole thought process on this as we've been talking is that even though each of us are experiencing adversity, no matter where it comes from, mm -hmm. The challenge is for us to still look past our own adversity to do all those things that Bonnie Violet was explaining. Right. You know, because we're always going to have adversity within ourselves or within the culture around us, but we still need to feed everybody. We still need to clothe everybody. We still need to do all those things that are bigger than ourselves. And I think part of that is our is um, love. That's how we set ourselves aside. Love is a surrendering position. We surrender. Okay, we're going to go through this. We're still going to go through this. We're still going to take all the crazy, but I'm still going to do this because I love you and I love God and He's put this purpose in me. So that was my 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 focal point because we all or my thought process. We all have we all have different types of adversities, and based on who we are, how we present ourselves, who people think we are, whatever that is, and it's only when we rise above that, like Bonnie Violet and I have done, we rose above all that adversity that we put on ourselves, that the world has put around us, that our religion maybe has put on others, and we've risen up in grace, um, expanding our faith, and deciding to walk in love every single day, and to be one another's cheerleaders, and Perfect. to encourage our voices together or separate yeah. so last thoughts we're coming up on the end of the show bonnie violet anything you want to add last thoughts um what comes to mind i mean i just thank you for um you know providing this space for us today 
and you did hold a good space. So don't don't yeah. like leave yeah. here today and think you said <laughs> or did something wrong. Um, you held a great space here, and I really appreciate um, you being um, brave enough to do this. You know, I think a lot of what this takes is us being willing to do things that we've never done with before with um, care and concern and prayer, whatever way you want to, you know, if we can approach relationships and situations like that that are different, I think that's how we're going to um, experience one another a little bit more united or in unity and oneness. I don't think separation separation is a delusion. It's not reality, but it's a real, like it's not for realsies, but it's how we live and that's how we choose to see the world, but separation isn't real. And the more we can kind of lean into those situations, the more likely we're going to live as if we know that we are not separate. Amen. I say I agree with all of that. Just to add, thank you again for having us today. It's been our pleasure. Yeah. And, and, and thank you both for being here. And Bonnie Violet, thank you for mm-hmm. saying to me that I, I have all this space because what was going through my mind. <laughs> um, you know, I do care what people think. Um, people that matter to me. I care what they think. And I know we've only met, but you guys matter to me. Oh, thank you. So, so thank, thank you for that. That Thank you for my Christmas present. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. it's so sweet. So I purposely brought tissues because I had a feeling at some point <laughs> this was going to uh-huh. happen. Um, to me, this is what the world should be about Mm -hmm. these conversations and the vulnerability and um, the respect as also has been commented on in, in the thread from the social media that if we all lived in respect of each other Mm -hmm. and respect of the choices we all make, even if we don't, fully agree with the choices, still respect the choices that each other makes. I think the world would be truly an amazing place that God would go, thank you. You are blessed, you know, because we respect each other. And by having respect for each other and for the world we live in, we have the ability to make lasting change. I call it the Star Trek version of the universe, (laughs) where everybody gets along, everybody lives to support and lift each other up. And that's the geek in me showing. (laughs) Yeah, I wanted to be an astronaut, but I wanted to be an astronaut in the Star Trek way of being, you know, where everybody's out on the ship and there's gravity (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's it's a whole different way of being. And when we approach people who look different or feel different or believe different, that we are open to a dialogue to understand them. So I want to thank you both for sharing with me your dialogue and allowing me to ask questions that I, I don't know where some of them come from. I just say a prayer before every show saying, please give me the words that need to be said, the questions that need to be asked, even if I don't, hadn't thought of them before, wherever they come from, I choose to believe that it's about furthering love and light. So thank you both for being here with me. 
Thank you so much. It's our pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Touch. So thank you. Thank you both. Um, now, normally with this new method, I would take you both off screen, but I'm not going to because I want people to, to see you both as I say this, okay? So in the world, as I just said, everybody, we make choices. We make choices in how we present ourselves and how we allow others to present themselves to us. This Christmas week going into 2021 as well, I, I ask you to ask yourself the question, am I allowing those in my life and myself to fully express mm -hmm. who we are? Or is some way of being that I'm doing not allowing somebody to be who all they are and allowing myself to be who I am? I'd love to know your thoughts on this episode. Thank you to everybody that's been commenting in here. The last comment here, it was great hearing you three have this wonderful and uplifting conversation. That's what somebody just posted. We choose the labels that we put on ourselves and others. And I hope today that perhaps you've let go of a few labels. Mm. Remember, at the end of the day, the right question can change your life. So what are you asking today? Have a blessed holiday season, everyone. Lead with love, and I'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.